This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Have improved crop prospects there, causing traders to take some of the weather premium out of the market. However, solid export demand did remain supportive. Weekly U.S. soybean export sales of 1.8 million tonnes for delivery during the current crop year topped trade expectations, with an additional 830,000 tonnes sold for movement next year. Corn, it is also lower, losing 7 cents in the March contract at 5.17 per bushel. Both corn and soybean acres in the U.S. are forecast to be up this spring. Uh, Solid prices should see growers uh, reduce their unseeded area. Soybeans currently pencil out better than uh, corn, though, so corn is lagging to the downside as the spread sees some adjustment. Weekly U.S. corn export sales of 1.4 million tons were at the higher end of trade expectations. Wheat, it's caught up in the general bearishness of the markets today. Chicago down 12 cents in the March contract at 6.48 per bushel. Kansas City wheat down 8 cents in March at 6.27 per bushel. And Minneapolis spring wheat, it's down 12 cents in March at 6.23 per bushel. Weekly U.S. wheat export sales of 330,000 tons were in line with expectations. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday, January 22nd. In Winnipeg, for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz Warkenton. See more and do more in a new 300 series compact track loader from New Holland. Its industry leading 360 degree visibility is truly something to see at Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John. With its reverse camera and 8 inch multifunction LCD display, super boom lift technology, rock solid stability, and redesigned controls, you'll work with greater speed, safety, and precision. Maximum productivity starts with a clear view. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today and see how a new 300 series compact track loader helps you do more the opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station if you've missed any of this show you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca now an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community this is moose talks with your host dub craig on moose fm Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Moose Talks. A little later on, we're going to be talking to Northern Rockies Regional Municipality Mayor Gary Foster about, well, they have that uh, community forest license that they got in the summer, and uh, they've had the first cut from it from uh, Peak Renewables. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to touch a bit on uh, the airport. Uh, Central Mountain Air has uh, suspended their only flight that was going from there to Prince George. We're going to talk about the impact that's going to have on the community. But first, uh, the residents of Old Fort, or many residents at Old Fort, have filed a lawsuit against many people and uh, agencies, including the government of British Columbia, the Peace River Regional District, and the City of Fort St. John, just to name a few, uh, all to do with the landslides that have happened over the past few years. And uh, to talk a bit about what that means, uh, we're going to talk to their lawyer, Malcolm McPherson from Clark Wilson LLP. I believe he joins us from Prince George. Malcolm, welcome to Moose Talks. Well, good morning, uh, Dub, and I'm joining you from sunny Tawaston, British Columbia. Oh, okay. I was way off there then. (laughs) Well, thank you either way uh, for uh, joining us today. So why don't we start uh, with the lawsuit? For people who don't know, what what is the lawsuit? What, What are you kind of, what's the meat of it? 
Right. Well, at its core, uh, the lawsuit, well, I, I should say it, it's really a, it's a case about the ongoing loss of stability, the loss of road access, the corresponding total loss of the value to the homes, uh-huh. and the, importantly, very importantly, the loss of safe and reliable access uh, to and from the community. Uh, it's also a lawsuit um, um, about doing the right thing. What I mean about doing the right thing is that, and I, if I could just take a few moments to explain the context. Absolutely. You, know, you have this uh, community of Old Fort that's a, it's a historic community. Been there for many, many decades. Turn of the century sort of thing. First, I believe it was actually the capital uh, before Fort St. John uh, became the big city. Uh, in, in the north, so sort of the sort of the, the hub, if you will, uh-huh. uh, of Fort St. John. And um, what has happened is, uh, you know, I'm representing, or my firm is representing, approximately uh, 35 residents. Uh, there's a number of other homeowners, as you know, probably approximately I think 150 or so. Uh, but these 35 um, residents are saying, look. We, we know we're, we're, we're not living on homes that are built on granite, but then many homes in BC are not built on granite. I, for example, I live here in Tawasin. It's, it's, it's low-lying lands. Uh, it, it's not sold as a rock. However, I have an expectation that I'm not going to have a massive 23,000-hectare uh, uh, excavation project going six kilometers away uh, and I'm, I'm not going to have a big uh, uh, open pit mine called Blair Pit Mine just above the hill from where I live. Because guess what? That would affect me in Tawasson in this lower-lying land. Uh, Richmond, British Columbia is lower-lying land. So you have these two projects. you got this, what I call a gargantuan project. Uh, use the adjective you like, but it's massive. Uh-huh. It's, it, it's one of the most massive uh, you know, excav- excavation sites that BC has seen in, in modern history. So, you know, if, if we put the common sense cap on, we realize, boy, you know, there's for sure blasting going on. There's massive dirt hauling going on. Uh, you know, you, you can't tell us that there isn't any uh, diversion of waterways of some 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 sort. So, of course, uh, you know, you have underground streams as well as above ground streams. So, you know, of course, it's a no-brainer that there's going to be uh, an impact and 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 effect from the site C dam work. Also, you have this Blair Pit mine, which is located just above the hill from the slope, and you know for, you know the, this is a, a an aggregate extraction facility. So first, you can have crushing and you know moving of of, of earth and the potential diversion of waterways there as well. Mm-hmm. Also, you have the city of Fort Saint John that has uh, these lagoons just above. Um, where the old fort residents are. So, yeah. So to go back to where I started, you have this historic commu- community that was there before all this industrial activity. So parties had to permit this industrial activity, right? The province, BC Hydro, City of Fort St. John, um, uh, and the other parties that we named in the lawsuit. So, so without those permits, this industrial this industrial activity. Could not take place. So, so the residents are saying, "Look, we're hardworking families. Uh, you know, we've got our life savings invested in these homes. We work in the energy sector. We're, we're generally pro-industry, but what we're not 
is inadvertently de facto subsidizing this greater good for British Columbia. There's a massive transfer of wealth going on, mm-hmm. which, which the president say, that's fine, but it's not fine at the expense of, of their seeing their home values completely eviscerated. I mean, they were evaporated after those two landslides uh, that occurred. Um, and, and, and they're also saying, look, we, we shouldn't have to sleep uh, you know, with, with one eye open, literally, at night, worrying if our, if our, if our houses are going to shift. Um, I would like to point out that the, the, the shift is really substantive. Um, so, so there was the, the first slide hit on September 20, 2018, mm-hmm. and that line shook the ground for seven days. Imagine, Dub, if, if you're a homeowner and, uh, you know, it's, you know the land is moving on the surface for seven days, and then it gets better, or not get, or gets, it gets, I'm being facetious here, it, 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 get, it gets worse. Uh, for 25 days, the subsurface moved. That's scary. How do you sleep at night? You know, if you have kids, you know, living with you, how do you sleep at night? And then the actual shifting, this is important, uh, some important metrics here, is that the, the, um, there was 100 meters of road that was destroyed, the old Fort Road, and then the ground shifted approximately 235 meters. That's, that's scary. So, um, so these homeowners are, 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 are saying, look, we shouldn't be de facto subsidizing uh, the, uh, the wealth creation for the greater good of BC. That's just not right. We want to be made whole. And secondly, we shouldn't have to sleep with one eye open. And I'll add a third note. Uh, they're saying we should be able to, like, you know, if we, if we have to go to the hospital, be able to reliably use the road to go to the hospital. We should be able to reliably use the road to take our kids to school. And we should be able to go uh, reliably buy uh, buy some milk at uh, the, the local grocer. All right. Sorry, a, a, a bit of uh, a bit of a ramble there, Doug, but uh, it, I think it sets a context for what's going on. Absolutely, and all important information. I I, I want to focus on um, the city's part in this uh, a bit for a moment, because as you said, I mean the province of BC, even the BC Hydro. Given that they're behind Site C, I can definitely understand, and I think most people can. The city, though, as you said, I mean, they, you know, they have lagoons right there. So, is it about the city and the PRD uh, permitting, as you say, industrial activity in the area? Even though, again, this gigantic thing is happening downstream that's really uh, mostly in the purview of the British uh, province of British Columbia uh, that may be causing this. Right. So, um, I guess in a nutshell. Um, here's what the lawsuit um, alleges mm-hmm. with respect to the city of Fort St. John. And to be clear, um, you know, all parties are, are, are um, innocent until proven otherwise. Certainly. Uh, so these, these are allegations, uh, strong allegations that um, our clients are, are putting forward. Uh, we believe uh, they, they are substantiated uh, with evidence. But he, here's what we say in the lawsuit. Uh, we're making the allegation that the city, uh, as the owner and operator of the sewage lagoon, uh, owed a, su- a duty of care to the homeowners, um, so the residents of Old Fort, uh, that the neighbors of the sewage lagoons, and that the city breached its duty of care. That's a fancy term for saying the city had a responsibility mm-hmm. by doing the following. 
Uh, we're saying the city, uh, we're alleging the city failed to take all reasonable, appropriate, and adequate steps to ensure that the sewage lagoons did not compromise the geotechnical stability of the slope, the Blair Pit Mine, the Old Fort Road, and the homeowner properties. And we allege that the city failed to comply with all statutes and bylaws applicable to the operation of the sewage lagoons, uh, that the city failed to conduct reasonable, appropriate, and adequate inspections of the sewage lagoons, and failed to adequately and directly warn the homeowners of potential hazards, risks of dangers, and that the sewage lagoons created in respect of the slope, the old Fort Road, and the homeowner properties. And what we're saying is that the city in establishing, operating, and maintaining the sewage lagoons compromised the geotechnical stability of the homeowner properties, and in doing so, breached the right of the homeowners to have their soil supported in its natural state by its neighbor. Those are all of the allegations cited in the statement of claim. Okay. Now, I want to switch gears on this. You mentioned this already. Uh, 35 residents, I think you said, are kind of in on this uh, lawsuit. Um, can you speak as to why it's it, that's only a portion of the people, as you said, who live in the Old Fort area? Can you speak to why as, as to why it's maybe only 35 residents and not more of the community or all of the community who are directly involved? I can speak to it. I'll, I'll preface it by saying that, you know, speculative in nature but my impression and answer would be lawsuits are expensive mm -hmm. you know that's one of the problems with uh, the judicial system and in my humble estimation is that I always joke with my clients to say only people that can afford lawsuits typically are um, are larger corporations and uh, and the crown mm -hmm. and the rest of us lawyers included <laughs> uh, you know ha have to watch watch our pocketbooks and, uh, and think carefully if we're going to engage in litigation because it's very, very costly. And that being said, uh, there's a reason that, you know, the system has uh, subsisted as long as it has. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, but, but there is a general, uh, there's a challenge, I would say, with uh, access to justice. So um, uh, that's one answer. Another answer is, um, you know, and this is just um, sheer speculation on my part, um, the other answer, I believe, is that, you know, if I put myself in the shoes of uh, the residents of Old Fort um, and I worked in uh, the energy in industry, you know, I might think twice about signing up to a lawsuit for fear of potential repercussions. So I would imagine there's some of that going on. Uh, and then, you know, as I always say, there's always, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole host of other reasons that I, I really uh, couldn't speculate on. But uh, those would be the top two reasons for uh, uh, perhaps not all 150 people signing up uh, to the lawsuit. Okay. Uh, my final question for you is uh, the goal of this lawsuit. Is it, it, is it solely about sort of financial compensation, as uh, you said, for lost kind of house values, for example? Or is there more? Are you hoping maybe this pushes the government or BC Hydro or, or governments to investigate further to try to find out if they can say definitively, what caused this landslide? Well, it's, a, it's absolutely uh, about, about the latter that you just uh, uh, expressed. Mm -hmm. it, it's about getting answers, absolutely. Uh, it's, also, it's, it's about doing the right thing, as I said at the beginning of this broadcast. Yeah. Um, you know, I, would, I put a, an open question to, um, 
the province and BC Hydro and others, is, uh, you know, the, the city of Fort St. John and others, you know, how, how can you permit all of this industrial activity with all of these uh, unknowns with respect to uh, ground stability? And you, you have uh, human lives. Yes, the economy is important, uh, but so, so is human, human safety. Uh -huh. and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and the right to, to live in a, a non-nuisance environment in your home. This, as I also said at the outset, uh, this is a community that, that existed long before all of this permitting. So, you know, at, at its heart, this lawsuit really uh, puts the focus and the spotlight on the issuance of permits, and, and it begs the question, uh, you know, were, were the right processes followed? And on that point, if you would uh, indulge me, I would just like to speak a little bit about um, Site C, right? It's uh, six uh, kilometers away. Uh, the size of the surface area of the reservoir um, uh, is approximately 23,000 acres. Uh -huh. I mean, that's mammoth. Importantly, and, and this goes to the regulations uh, that, that I was just uh, in, uh, speaking about, uh, in December of 2014, Site C uh, received approval from the province to proceed with the construction. Now, prior to that approval, um, there was an independent assessment done by both the province and the federal government. And they spent three years, right? So this was, uh, in theory, carefully looked at for three years. Um, and it was determined, uh, following this, this, this review that took three years, that, quote, the effects of the Site C project were found to be justified, okay? Now, it's worth mentioning, I think, that in May of 2016, there were over 200 scholars, as well as the Royal Society of Canada, that expressed concerns to the federal Liberal government, citing weakness in the regulatory review process and the environmental assessment of the project. So, you know, I think it'd be said that this, in some way, this lawsuit is a, uh, a case in point example, an outcome. Of, uh, of the failure of this process and assessment. So going back to your point, uh, it's, it's not all about money and it's not all about um, safety concerns. It's also about are the right regulatory processes in place that lead to the right decisions. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid, Malcolm. But, of course, we'll be uh, following this story very closely as this uh, uh, kind of comes together over the next months and years and whatnot. Malcolm, thank you very much for taking a few moments to chat with us today. A pleasure speaking with you, Doug. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, that's Malcolm McPherson with Clark Wilson LLP. He's the lawyer for the group of old Fort residents who are suing the B.C. government, B.C. Hydro, and the city of Fort St. John, among others. We'll be right back to talk to Gary Foster of the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality right after this on Moose Talks. Over the past two decades, Arctech Welding and Machining has evolved from welding and machining to Northern BC's go-to for custom steel and fabrication services, no matter the project, big or small. We offer structural steel fabrication with our 8-axis Vortman beamline, a computerized plasma torch, accommodating plates up to 8 by 24 feet. Our fleet of portable welding trucks come to you. Plus, we offer repairs, sandblasting, painting, and more. Check out our latest projects and start planning yours at arctech-welding.com. 
With pizza from Panago, you don't have to try so hard to connect. Okay, kids, pizza night! Slice, slice, baby, am I right, huh? This pizza, mm, oh, it's za bomb. Oh, now we're having some lols, huh? Living large with two mediums? Then you guys said I was cringy. Come on. Earn instant pizza cred with a fam jam combo. Family jamily. That's two medium recipe pizzas, cheesy bread, and two dips for just $34. Order yours at panago.com. Want to grab lunch? Can't. I gotta run some errands for the boss. Two-way radios, truck boosters, something about UTV rentals. That's not errands. That's one trip to TNT Communications. Seriously? They have all this stuff? For sure. Oh, and I'll come with you. I need to check out cell phones. Whoa. TNT has those too? Yes. And stop it. You sound like a guy in a radio commercial. For a huge selection of cell phones, truck boosters, and installation, two-way radios, UTV rentals, and more, see TNT Communications in Fort St. John. Your bell source in the peace. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk a bit about uh, things going on in the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality, including uh, the first cut in harvest has happened uh, in 12 years, the uh, press release said. And to talk a bit about that, we're joined now by the mayor of the NRRM, Gary Foster. Gary, good morning. Thank you for coming on Moose Talks. Good morning. Thank you, Craig, for having me. You're very welcome. So why don't we start a bit by going backwards. Uh, This past summer, a new partnership between the Fort Nelson First Nation and the Northern Rockies Regional Municipality was announced uh, with the largest community forest license ever. you tell us a bit about that in brief and, and kind of what happened? Sure. Well, the Northern Rockies now is in possession of the largest community forest in the province of British Columbia, mm-hmm. with uh, over 200,000 cubic meters that can be harvested each year. And this was a joint venture between us and Fort Nelson First Nations. Um, and we're really excited about this. This gives us control over our forests and gives us, um, you know, a way to attract business to our community. All right. Now, uh, as I said, uh, you guys have peak renewables in there. They kind of made their first cut uh, this this past week or, or so. Uh, I, how does that feel to see this partnership, uh, you know, starting to work now? Well, Craig, we've been without a forest industry here for over a decade, yeah. and uh, it's had a devastating impact on our community, um, businesses, individuals, homeowners, um, you know, throughout throughout our community so getting our forest industry back up and running has been uh first priority for this council um we said during the election that our um, our primary interest here is to restore the economy of the northern rockies and that's exactly what's happening with uh, with peak renewables their project uh, uh they have not made a final investment decision, but they purchased the site of the uh, the old mills, etc., and they're moving through the process of getting a forest license here in the Northern Rockies, and uh, we believe that they'll shortly be announcing that um, that they will be in operation here in 2022. So it will take them about a year to put their project together here, and we're very excited about this. This will be bringing about 300 jobs to our community. Wow, well, there you have it. So, I mean, you mentioned it's it's going to be important for businesses. Have you seen uh, kind of any change yet, or is it just kind of starting everyone sort of excited about what's happening? I think everybody is excited about what's happening, and there is a new, renewed optimism in the air here. 
Uh, but as they said, there's there's many steps. That, um, you know, they've done a proposal. Now they have to get the uh, allowable annual cut, which they've uh, uh, can for is going to be transferring to them. But there's a process to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a period of um, um, consultation with um, the community before the minister will actually transfer that. I see. Uh, speaking of uh, kind of looking ahead then, I mean, you've got this starting, uh, the ball's rolling on that. Do you have um, kind of other projects that you've heard that are coming down the pipeline that uh, will be beginning kind of in the near future that you know about? So we've been we've been very focused on, on restoring the economy of the Northern Rockies. Um, Cryo Peak has constructed a mini LNG plant here. Yep. Uh, they're going to be liquefying natural gas and taking it to the Yukon, and that's going to be bringing jobs to the northern Rockies as well. Oh, and that's coming up very soon, too. Okay. Well, speaking of bringing jobs and bringing people to the north, um, kind of the other side of this or, or kind of a, a negative thing that's happened recently is Central Mountaineer had to announce that they're suspending flights between Fort Nelson and Prince George Domain. Now, as I understand it, that's kind of the only flight that was going to Fort Nelson. What does that mean for your community right now and for the people who are there who are living and working who need medical appointments, uh, for example? Sure, this is going to have a major impact on our community, and we've been in touch with our MLA, Dan Davies, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is your MLA as well, and Michael Lee, uh, who have brought to the attention of the BC Minister of Transport uh, the plight of, uh, of these regional carriers, and specifically Central Mountaineer. Central Mountaineer is the only um, scheduled airline into and out of the Northern Rockies, and it is an absolutely vital for us. Um, imagine, um, Craig, that during this time of COVID, both the federal and provincial government have encouraged people not to travel. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, reasonably so. We don't want to see the spread of COVID. It's uh, the pandemic is extremely serious. um, And it is, you know, it's probably the most serious issue we've had in decades throughout uh, our country. Um, but having said that, if you're encouraging people not to travel, this has a tremendous impact on airlines. And what we're looking for here from the federal and provincial government is some small help to bridge these airlines from where they are now to when the vaccine comes out and where we can get back to some semblance of normality here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think the airlines are asking for a uh, a lot. They're not. They're not asking the federal government to make them rich, but uh, but Craig, the the federal and provincial governments have assisted individuals here. They have spent not millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of dollars supporting individuals. We think that they need to spend a few dollars here just to support the regional airlines for the small period of time between now and getting us back to normal. And it is absolutely vital for our community that we maintain this air travel. I mean, the the closest airport, it's not like it's like an hour or two hours away. It's here. It's Fort St. John, four hours away, or uh, God forbid, Prince George, which is nine hours. A whole day of travel just to get to an airport. If you have to make a medical appointment, that's, that's I mean, that'd be horrible. <laughs> you can imagine if you lived in the Northern Rockies and you no. needed cancer care. Your nearest cancer care facility is Prince George. 
So instead of being able to get on an airplane and fly to Prince George, now what you've got to do is you've got to drive nine hours through the Pine Pass no. to get your chemotherapy and then nine hours back again. And I think this is this is an unreasonable burden to, to expect people to bear. That's just one example. There's other examples where... Um, you know, we're trying. We try to get dentists in. They mm-hmm. come in for two weeks to Fort Nelson. We have optometrists that come in from time to time and other specialists. How do they get here? They get here by air. Uh, without the airline, you know, now they have to drive. Maybe they fly into Fort St. John, but now they're looking at going up the Alaska Highway for four hours. Uh, it's not ideal. And and I, I want to be clear here. What the airline, our regional carrier, is asking for here is not an enormous amount of money. Mm-hmm. It is a small amount of money to bridge for a short period of time. Just about out of time, uh, Mayor Foster, of one last question. I mean, are you hopeful that uh, a solution will arrive quickly that maybe allows Central Mountain Air to resume that flight as quickly as possible? The government helps them out? I am hopeful. You know, in the throne speech, the government had said that they want to support regional airlines. And the Minister of Transportation at that time, Mark Garneau, said that regional airlines would be supported uh, throughout the pandemic. No money has been forthcoming. And what we're doing is we're pointing to what the governments have promised us uh, or promised the airlines. And we're saying, okay, now is the time to deliver uh, because they're in need and it's a vital a vital transportation link uh, to the Northern Rockies. All right, Mayor Foster. Well, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about uh, things going on in your community. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Craig. Excellent. That's uh, Mayor Gary Foster of the Northern Rockies Regional uh, Municipality. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after this on Moose Talks. Be where your customers are listening. Moose FM. Call 250-787-7100 and ask about radio advertising. Things are changing at Tim Hortons. Did you hear we have a new dark roast? I think you're going to love it. It's rich. Angela, you have converted me. Come in and try the newest dark roast for yourself. It's our boldest comeback ever. It's time for Tim's, a participating restaurants in Canada. There's always something going on in the Energetic City, and the staff from the City of Fort St. John Recreation Department have planned a variety of exciting programs and events. Here's what's coming up. It's time for the annual Walk and Swim Challenge. This year, the theme is Travel the Peace River in British Columbia and Alberta. Track your laps for a chance to win a Fitbit Sense, a gift basket, or a gift card. For more information on this event, view the Recreation and Leisure Guide at fortstjohn.ca or follow the City of Fort St. John Recreation on Facebook. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again to our guests, Malcolm McPherson and Gary Foster. Make sure you stay up all up, up to date on all your local news for Fort St. John and the Peace, and even as far as the, the Northern Rockies, of course, at energeticcity.ca. You can also download the podcast of this show and previous episodes at energeticcity.ca slash moose talks. That does it for this episode. Adam Rayburn's the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Until next time. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. 100.1 Moose FM. Well, I ain't gonna work today. Just wanna sit around.
play. Gonna hit balls off the dock. Kick back in my flip flops. Don't know nothing to the lender. Nothing spinning in the blender. The only thing on my agenda is beers and sunshine. Bonfires in summertime. Back porch nights in South Carolina. Ain't nothing finer than me and my girls striking up a little lighter. Cause everybody's down in a world all crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good times. Turn off the TV. Yeah, the only BS I need is beers and sunshine. Say, let's get our friends and hit the lake. Grab a boat and get to floating. A little buzz and a little toasted. We're gonna hang and have a little fun now. Flying high like we'll never come down. We're gonna go until we run out. A beers in sunshine. A bonfires in summertime. Back porch nights in South Carolina. Talking up a little louder, but everybody's down in a world gone crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good times, turn off the TV. Yeah, the only BS I need is beers and sunshine. Oh, Summertime, back porch nights in South Carolina. Ain't nothing finer than me and my girls striking up a little lighter. Cause everybody's down in a world gone crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good times, turn off the TV. Yeah, the only BS I need is beers and With that throwback romance that'll last the whole life long. Your smile is always shining, your clouds all silver lining, your mind, and I am finally where I belong.
Listen to Moose FM while you drive. Proudly helping you to drive to all the places you need to go. 100.1 Moose FM. Moose FM. Moose FM. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.